Good afternoon, Australia, and good evening, America. You're back on Radio Tony, and you're listening to the Everyday Business Show. And today I have a fabulous guest for you. But before we get on to that, just a reminder that Payo is listening in from the Philippines, ready to answer your questions, take your comments, and send you any of the links. If you want to find out more about the gorgeous shaman, please jump onto RadioTony.com and look under my guest for this week and you will find your links to shaman and everything, uh, every way you can connect and chat to her as well. A big thank you to all our listeners. This is our last show before Easter break and I'm excited because I'm going to have four days off. Now, today's guest is author Shaman Smith. She's a survivor author, mum, citizen and proud advocate and for human rights and fighting for the unheard. So you can understand very clearly while Shaman and I connected. We had a wonderful conversation the first time we met and Shaman's mission is to share her wisdom gained through her unique experiences. Shining the light in the darkness that exists in some of society is her calling. She's an abortion survivor and is raised by a mother who did not want her. She says she shares her story to help other people who have dealt with family trauma to get through their pain. When she reached adulthood, she became a financial services expert. Shamans has, has met many teams of people in the industry and is sought after for her experience in the financial industry. Due to childhood trauma, Shaman was diagnosed with PTSD. Eventually leaving the financial industry, Shaman took up writing as a form of therapy and in early 2015 published the book Taming the Dita about a reality TV show called Who Wants to Be President. In this story, a childhood trauma survivor runs for president against Hillary Clinton and runs on an anti-pedophile platform. Sharman highlights serious changes that need to happen in our system, intending to make her readers think outside the box. What started as one book has turned into three and Sharman will continue her series of books and we're going to talk to her about that in the show. Hello, Sharman. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm so excited to have you on the show today. There are lots of synergies between our shared stories and I'm really very grateful you've taken the time to be on the show today. Um. We're going to tackle some of the difficult things early in the interview, and I just wanted to touch on your growing up and what it was about life that was so difficult for you. You know, as a child, I'm not even really sure that I realized how difficult it was. It was just the way things were. It was. Um, I, I remember my first day of kindergarten and I was so excited to go to school. I, I couldn't wait to go to school. I got up. I took myself to school. I walked there by myself. I got there. I got into the class. I had no idea where I was supposed to be. Um, I was early. There was a split day. Uh, I wasn't supposed to be there until one o'clock in the afternoon. So I walked myself back home. I was four years old. Uh, it, it was just perfectly normal to me. I didn't think anything of it, but it, it is obvious to me as an adult, and I look yes. back on the situations, it is easy to see that I came from the worst of the worst environments. Pretty tough entry at four years old, isn't it? And you, you're right, Shaman, 
it's not until you're an adult and started to experience life as an adult that you can look back reflectively and see some of the things that just weren't quite right when you were a child. Did you did it take until adulthood for you to realize that, Shaman? Absolutely. And um, a lot of therapy to get through it. I'm incredibly fortunate that I had access to quality therapy and I was able to get treatment and identify triggers, um, work through disassociated memories. Uh, It it was... I'm I'm pretty fortunate that I have had as much yeah. treatment as I have had, and it's one of the reasons why I advocate for it for everybody. Um, as somebody who has PTSD and has gotten mm-hmm. treatment for it, I can look around mm-hmm. in my society and see, especially in the United States, a country full of yes. people who are suffering from traumatic issues, traumatic events that have happened to them and in our society as a whole. And there's no access to treatment for for most of the people. And most people yeah don't realize that unmanaged depression manifests as rage. And we're real quick to laugh and joke about our anger management issues, but nobody wants to talk about our mental health issues or how we address them. And the reality is, is that they're the same thing and it's time to have that conversation. Absolutely. I too have benefited from extensive amounts of of therapy. Um, I didn't allow myself that, that, therapy until I was in my um, 40s indeed Um, but it does make such a difference Sharman if we could have therapy available for our children before they get to teenage there's so many things that we would head off um, in terms of protecting them from what life might throw at them or, or the way that they react to the world and it's about that understanding your brain's in trauma and its its sole purpose is pro- to protect you. And even if you're relatively safe, it will still try and protect you. That's PTSD in, in real terms. Your brain is fighting to survive and it's fighting to keep you safe, even when you're not really in need of keeping safe. It's still doing its job. Um, And that therapy in understanding those things makes a huge amount of difference. I know it did for me, and I can hear that you're saying the same thing. Shaman, I wanted to talk, and if if you're comfortable with this, about the mother wound. And there's been a bit of um, research and quite a number of really good books written around mother wounds. Now, this is not uh, wanting to bash our mothers. This is not about... Uh, attributing blame. This is just about the healing. Once you recognize that there's a wound there deep in your soul from your mother in particular. Was that the same for you, Sharman? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, and I'm fortunate because my, my, both of my parents are deceased. My mother has been deceased for 21 years now. Um, actually, March the 21st was her 21-year anniversary of passing away. And oh, I have felt her presence from the other side so many times, um, especially in the last mm-hmm. few years. And I like to think that as complicated as our relationship was when, when she was here, it is better in now. In human experience? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I like to think that she has a different perspective of her behavior on the other side as well, too. Um, 
Mm. You know, as, as moms, we tend to make jokes about our kids and children don't understand sarcasm. So as an adult, I can look back on some of the things that she said as a kid that really wounded me. You know, there was always something wrong with Mm me. Um, and maybe, maybe she was just joking. Maybe it wasn't. Um, there was, there were so many things that were all connected together. And she was part of the silent generation, uh, before the baby boomers. There's, there's a a lot coming out mm. about them, about how yes. um, how they yes. were raised in such a, an abusive, traumatic environment, and and certainly Correct. we should be giving some consideration to our baby boomers because therapy was not something that was valued or respected as they were growing up. No. And I have met many grown adults in that generation who are just now starting to embrace the concept that maybe they have wounds and traumas that they need to work on. Yes. And I encourage them because it is a wonderful thing and we should all be working on trying to understand our our wounds, the things that hurt us, our childhood traumas, mm-hmm. our experiences. Yeah. They all impact us and shape us whether we realize it or not. Absolutely. And and the fact that that once you uh, have the courage to start talking about those things as difficult and as painful as they are, that's when the healing starts to take place. That's when the um, understanding and the consciousness of your own behaviours. So this again, this is not about attributing blame. It's right. about realising what the way that your brain thinks, the way that your brain reacts. Why are you angry when that car cuts in front of you? Why are you angry when that man speaks to you that way? You're mm-hmm. being triggered by something that is unhealed. And once mm-hmm. you start working on those things, life gets better. You cease to be that angry person. You cease to react when that car falls in front of you. And I know from and what you say about uh, depression and, and anger being so mm-hmm. related, absolutely, absolutely they're related. There's a When you don't recognise that depression is part of your life, it builds into anger because you feel unheard, unseen, and trying to work through those horrible emotions, that doesn't happen until you seek that therapy. Shaman, in what age... Even after you seek the therapy, you may still have an angry response, but it won't last as long, right? One of the things that is is so important about the unmanaged depression and the unmanaged anger Mm -hmm. and rage, it is a seething rage that stays with you for a very long period of time. Once you identify it and you learn to treat it, maybe you're angry, maybe you get mad when somebody cuts you off, but it doesn't ruin your whole day. And and that's yes. important. And and you learn to identify this issue within yourself so that um, yes. you don't continue to take it out on other people, which is really yes. important to your healing because you don't want to hurt other people just because you're angry and yeah. upset. Yeah. Shaman, if you look at um, some of the, the violent acts that have happened across America in the last little while, I, for me, I always think, oh my goodness, what was going, what trauma lies behind that? Like for me now, when I look at various elements of of traumatic stuff that happens in the news, for example, I always think that there's something behind that. What's left untreated, what hasn't been talked about, what's been hidden, that act of violence is the end result of something that's not been 
talked about, treated or managed. Do you think that's true? I do think it's true. And I think that goes back to that unmanaged oppression manifesting as anger and rage. And and it, you know, whenever we hear about one of these violent acts, it's usually somebody who's um, quiet and reserved and people consider yes. to be polite. And, and you know, most people do a pretty good job of keeping control of themselves, right? But it can be something simple that triggers you. I mean, I would think that it must be something that builds inside of you. I don't have I agree. fears of me doing anything to hurt anyone else, right? I uh, yeah. go out of my way not to hurt other people. It is yes. something that's really important to me. And I think it's something that mental health gets a bad rap for. 95% yeah. people with diagnosed mental health issues are nonviolent. You know, they are, yeah. maybe they get angry, but they're not going to hurt you. There is something else yes. that is going on there that we don't necessarily understand. And it needs to be researched by qualified professionals who Absolutely. aren't going to immediately just jump on the excuse bandwagon because I see a lot of mm. excuses being made for people yes. who have violent episodes. They hurt people. They kill people. They do countless amounts of damage. Things. To, to, it, it's awful. And there, there has to be a way to identify it. Social media has come in incredibly helpful. Um, Facebook people making angry posts and smart people. Yes reporting, you know, if you hear something, if you see something, you should say something. Um, it's not 100%. And, and we know no. our friends well enough that we think they can just talk and be angry and it's not really going to go anywhere. They don't really mean anything. Yeah. We, it's time for us to start talking about and, and really thinking about the words people are saying. If you're really angry, there, it's time for us to talk about that. And we need to find yes. a healthy way to express it. And there's so much division in the United States right now. You know, it, it's this side mm. against that side. And, and, and we are not doing a very good job of communicating with people and with each other and what our angers and frustrations are. And, and when somebody does express what they're upset about, the other side doesn't hear it. And that is creating yeah. a real problem. We have to find a way to get through this dynamic, however it is yeah. possible. Um, laughter, whenever is possible, as long as yes. you can find a way to do it appropriately without insulting or humiliating other people. I think laughter is going to be yeah. a key. Laughter and food. Food. Definitely food. Food. Feed me. Feed me. <laughs> Exactly right. Um, Shaman, before we get into the next question, I just wondered how old were you when you first started going to therapy? Can you remember? Oh, <clears throat> the first time I went to therapy was in my 20s. Yes. Um, but I really started therapy um, in July of 2007, so I was in my 30s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is often, that's what I mean when I said before, if we had some of those um, uh, modalities available to younger people uh, that they don't get into early adulthood and later adulthood before we start dealing with those traumas, it's, it's about recognising this kid could have 
issues later on in life, let's talk about it and try and sort it now versus later on, isn't it? And that's the conversation that we don't ever seem to get to, is it? It it really isn't. And it, if we could stop creating the traumas in children. Yes. So, you know, a, a wonderful quote, and I want to say it's Frederick Douglass, but I, I might be wrong and, and I'll regret this horribly. Um, <laughs> right. it, it is easier to build up healthy children than it is to repair broken men. Right? If we do a better Absolutely. job raising our children to learn to express themselves properly, uh, if we don't resort to spanking as a first form of, def- uh, of, of punishment yes. or, or uh, you know, retraining, right? You, you do a better mm. job with children if you distract them rather than punish them because they yes. have such short attention spans anyways. Yes. Uh, when, you, when you realize that you are spanking the child because of your anger and you're not actually teaching the yes. child anything, spanking is such a, a difficult conversation to have with parents because so many oh, isn't parents, it so many parents were effectively spanked swatted just a couple of times and it wasn't a problem but so yeah. many parents take their anger and frustration out on that child and they don't realize how strong yes. they are and they don't realize the impact that that has on that child that teaches the child violence yes. If you're screaming yeah. in your house all the time, your kid is screaming too. You know, I have seen so many wonderful examples of parents who have done such a good job teaching their children. And, and I, I wish those people could you know, teach everybody how to do it. Yes, teach but, the world. Yeah. Right. But we, we have to find a way to to normalize different types of punishment for kids. I I didn't yes. personally find even time out to be successful with my son. He was I agree. He was very moody. He was very uh, emotional. Yes. There was a lot of things going on. He got a different type of punishment from my spouse than my daughter did and I could see the difference in their yes. behaviors. Um the the idea that you could spank a boy but can't spank a girl wasn't something that worked for me. I I I yeah. I couldn't make that connection that it was okay to hit a boy, but not okay to hit a girl. Let's just not hit either one of them. And I found that he responded better to a time in. So when he was melting Mm -hmm. down and he he was losing it, I would sit down and put him in my lap and hold him for five minutes. And that was something Ah, that worked for him. Uh, It's therapy for the kids was also beneficial to find different techniques to help them manage their anger and their frustration too. Uh, Throwing a balloon at a wall is the best thing an angry child can do. You can throw a balloon at a wall as much as you want. It's not going to hurt anything. Yeah, Yeah, that's a good one, isn't it? Oh, no, Shalman, we've lost your audio, my lovely. I'm going to keep talking while we try and get shut. There we go. Back again. Yay. I'm wired in. I promise. (laughs) I know. I think it's the internet myself. But anyway, (laughs) I wanted to to talk um, just briefly. When you reached adulthood, you went into the finance industry. What was it that sparked your interest in finance versus anything else that you could have done? I don't think there was anything else that I could have done. My mother was the 
cheapest broad that ever walked the face of the earth. I'm absolutely sure I saw her pinch a penny into a copper wire. I have never seen anybody tighter in all of my life. But she was brilliant yes. with the way she did it. She always had three or four jobs. There was always money coming in the house. She was a waitress. There was cash. Everybody in our family came to her to borrow money whenever they had trouble. And she would sit uh-huh. them down and she would go over their budget with them. She would ask them how much their paycheck was. She would mm-hmm. ask them what their bills were. She could figure out how much they could pay her back. She charged them yes. interest. I was raised yeah. to be a mortgage underwriter from a very young age. So when I when I started looking for work, I there was automatically nothing else. I automatically gravitated towards um, business environments. I knew I, because my, my mother was a waitress or worked in a factory, I knew I wanted mm. to work in an office where it was air-conditioned yes. in the summer and heated in the winter, and everything grew from there. It was, I was fortunate to get into jobs where my common sense was appreciated, my critical thinking yeah. skills were valued, and I was, yeah. I, I was promoted within... 90 days of almost every job I had, and I have a very short learning curve. So at least by the end of 90 days, I was fixing systems. I was helping them streamline things, and they were trying to figure out where they were going to put me next. Yeah, fantastic. Um, So from the finance industry, um, can you tell the audience about how the first book come about? Well, you know, from the finance industry, I right. It's a yeah. it's a jump, right? I yes, right. I had a reputation. I have had a reputation for many many years for knowing things I couldn't possibly know. Uh, I would yes. be in a um, meeting and I would say things that would trigger the executives in the room, and they would pull me aside and ask me how I knew what I knew. Yeah, I I know. Well, Women's intuition. Right, right. Women's I just always, I leaned on that. Um, I, mm. at one point in time, got moved into writing policies and procedures while I was at Deutsche Bank. Mm. And I really yes. was not a fan of writing policies and procedures because I could write for hours and hours about one topic. And it was, you know, yeah. great to absolutely understand it, but it was boring information. And at some point in time through my 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 process of therapy and trying to uh, rewrite the story of my pain, I tried to turn my pain into purpose. And the book idea actually came about as a form of a joke. Um, In 2012, after um, Obama received, uh, won the second election, um, Mm I, I, I was absolutely sure Hillary Clinton was going to take 2016. And the only way the Republicans had any chance because their bench was shallow and they had nothing to throw up against her. The only way they were going to have a chance was to start a reality TV show and find a candidate of the people. And it's what started a joke turned into a book and New Year's Eve 2014, I made it my New Year's resolution. I was going to sit down and write this book and I was going to force myself 
I forced myself for months to write an hour a day. And then at some yep. point in time around July and August of 14, I hit mm-hmm. what I can't even refer to as anything other than just a trance where I yes. bled over 300 pages in two weeks. And the bulk of the book was written then when I snapped yeah. out of it, St. Louis was burning because Michael Brown had just been killed and Robert Williams had mm-hmm. just committed suicide. I was absolutely heartbroken. Mm-hmm. Broken. He was my he was my fictional first dude, Robert Robin Williams. I yes. I I yes. I have the belief that the first dude is actually more important than the first female president. I think that you know he's got to be a man's man. He's got to be a duty dude, a straight stud, a smart, thoughtful, understanding dude, and he's got to be the kind of dude that other dudes can relate to. And <laughs> as much yes. as And we saw it in 16 with Bill Clinton. People don't trust him. It's a real problem, you know, and, and, and so I really, I, I took the angle that the first dude was just as important as the first female president. And, you know, the, the first female president is going to be important whoever she is. Right. But the first, but before Trump, I believed that the president's role was incredibly limited on what they could do. Um, but that that has changed in the last couple of years. And my opinion about okay. how important the first dude is has changed in the last couple of years, yes. too. And it is entirely yeah. possible that there's not a man out there capable to the challenge. And what this nation really needs is a single woman who's not putting up with anything else. Yes. I mean, it's, it's entirely possible. Well, yeah, absolutely. Why who not? Knows? Like, who knows? why not? Right. Why, why not, not a, 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 a single woman who doesn't need a man but doesn't disrespect men, right? Men are incredibly yeah. valuable and incredibly important, but absolutely. maybe it's just not possible to find a first dude. Ah, good okay. point. Good point, Shaman. It's a it's um, a hard job to fill. We've had dozens yeah. of first ladies to give other first ladies yes. an example of how they're supposed to behave. But the first but no. no first man. And you gotta find That's a man right. who can make other men man up. And he's gotta be the yes. kind of man that other men can respect and that is a that's a tough bill when you look at the way men treat each other you know we we constantly hear about the inappropriate behaviors of men and men cheer each other on and women complain about how they don't feel safe anywhere not walking not driving not sleeping in their own beds we're not safe anywhere you you can't have a work relation you can't have a professional work relationship with another man without there being some sort of inappropriate act Accusation, right? It is incredibly frustrated and we bring it up all the time and the men turn their back on us and scream, not all men. And we're trying to figure out which ones are good and which ones are bad. We can't tell the difference because they pretend to be, they they know how to act right when they want your attention. Right. But as soon as you reject them, they become angry, they become violent, they become hostile. You know, the the idea that if I can't have you, nobody else can have you has been around a long time. Women have been have been women die rejecting men and leaving men every day. And and until we 
until the men do something about the men, yes, I, I don't, yes. I don't yes. know how to fix it. I, I think um, I'm not sure if you're aware, but there's a huge women's um, movement happening in Australia at the moment in calling out rape, rape culture, women not feeling safety, um, calling calling out bad behaviour. And the constant cry is not all men. We know that it's not all men. But you guys sprouting the not all men, you need to step up and call out the behaviour as well because that's the only way we will see change. In Australia, there's a lot of angry, angry, upset women because there's just such prolifically bad behaviour in the highest offices of the land and across lots of corporations and businesses. And we're at the point where it's just, this is not okay anymore and this is not about man bashing. This is simply about calling out behaviour that is no longer acceptable. We won't accept it anymore for our granddaughters or even our grandsons. And I have a grandson and I'm damn sure he's not going to grow up with some of the attitudes that I've been subject to my entire life. And you would know the same, Charmin. It's no different to what has happened and is happening in America. But for the behaviour to stop, we need other men to call out other men's bad behaviour. We can highlight it, we can be angry and we can activate, but I think it's still got to come from men and they've got to really start to understand what it's like to be a woman, a woman in this world and you don't feel safe. If you've got to walk to your car at night, you don't feel safe. If you've got to walk down a dark lane, men do not have that, do they? No, they don't. They don't have that at all. They and and it is so frustrating that we've been having this conversation for decades. This conversation's been taking Absolutely. place as long as I've been alive. My mother, my yes. grandmother's complained about it. And and yes. now with the Me Too movement, so many men are mm. frustrated. They're insisting that they don't know what's right and they don't know what's wrong. And this is another example of weaponizing competency. One one of the ways yes. men have functioned for decades, and it's been a funny joke in their marriages. Anytime your wife asks you to do something, go screw it up. She won't ever ask you for help again. Yes. So here we are yes. begging for their help to stop rape, to stop the sexual assault, to stop the sexual harassment at work. And they don't know how to mm -hmm. act. They don't know what's right. They don't know what's wrong. It's incredible. They do know what's right. They know how to act right when they want to date us, when they want something from us. But as soon as they don't think they can get what they want, and they all want the same thing, mm -hmm. they, yeah. they become angry and they become hostile and they're, they become threatening and they become dangerous. They do whatever they can do to ruin your reputation, right? They accuse yes. you of doing yes. things you yes. haven't been doing. They slut shame you the first chance they yes. get. Obviously, that's all yes. you were in the first place. They call you a gold yes. digger. They created our financial yes. system, and then they are angry at the way it is, right? They've created yes. everything, all of the things that we do, our tax system, our income system, the way we live, the way we work, all this has been created by men, and they don't like the way it works either. But it's so big, and it's so complicated that nobody really has a clue how to fix it. And then some crazy woman comes along, you know, because all women are crazy, and she's got these ideas yes. that nobody wants to listen. And it, it, it is, mm -hmm. it is, 
it's frustrating, you know, and it is. If we get too loud, then we're shrill and they, they can't hear us anymore. Their, yes. their brains locked yes. down and they, 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 it, 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 the, the dynamic, the, the battle of the sexes, the male female hostility has been going on so long. It is yes. just absolutely exhausting. You know, just because I call yes. out inappropriate man behavior doesn't mean I'm a man hater. I love, I adore men. I love it when they, behave appropriately and they're protective and they're defensive and they're respectful and those are the behaviors I admire and I respect and I want to see more of it and I want those men stepping up and helping the other men because there are plenty of guys who see the behaviors being inappropriate and when those guys call out the other guys that's what excites me like those guys are my heroes I appreciate them yeah and and that's the thing, um, Shaman. It's not about either or. It's about having more balance. And there hasn't been that balance. There hasn't been female uh, conversation at the table in those higher echelons of power. They've been devoid of feminine influence and feminine understanding. And that's the balance that it's missing. When you bring the balance back in, you get better solutions for humanity. And for women, we just need to be part of the conversation. It's not about them or us. It's about the balance of male and female. That's what will get the solution to solve many of humanity's uh, struggles and and pain points that we're going through at the moment. Um, Jarman, the book's called Taming the Teeter, and it's a wonderful title. And I just wonder how you came up with the title. So it's taming the titta. Titta is a Hawaiian yeah, word. Sorry. That's okay. That's okay. It's a Hawaiian word for an aggressive female personality who will fight you. And Shakespeare proved that he could tame a shrew, but I'd like to think that you don't tame a titta. A titta tames you. It's not exactly oh. a compliment, right? Titta is not. Right. You're, you're, you're angry. You're being aggressive, but yes. it is also. Yes. A compliment for for proud, strong, independent women who yes. don't mind yes. stepping up to a challenge, right? And I see this yes. personality. It's a Hawaiian word, but this is a personality. Yeah, right. It, it exists in every woman I have ever met all across the planet, regardless of race, mm-hmm. regardless of religion, regardless of anything else that divides us. This angry woman, I'm not putting up with that anymore. Is everywhere and i want to encourage women to let their titties loose it is when we speak it's when we use our voice it is when we 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 work towards the things that we are the most passionate about that we have the opportunity to affect real change absolutely absolutely um like i said to you that the title of your book is an apt description of the way women across australia are feeling at the moment we have had enough and mm-hmm. there's some amazingly beautiful powerful women speaking up and uh, and telling anyone that will listen this cannot be the same going forward things have to change um, I want to change. I want to change tact a little bit, and I just before we run out of time, I really want to tap into your campaign for the presidency in 2018. I hope I've got that date correct. 
and how the QAnon connection um, arose from your campaign back then. So I launched a campaign for president in June 2018, and the company that I hired to do my yeah. marketing for me ended up being heavily connected to QAnon. And I wow. believe some of my knowledge and information got sucked into the machine and spewed out all over the planet. Uh, the woman that I hired as my campaign manager, uh, I believe her now to be opposition research uh, she quickly set about just absolutely destroying my life. Um, so many of the weird events that have taken place over the last two years, uh, I have yeah. a personal connection to, make sense to me for reasons that make sense to nobody else. Uh, yes. I have been mind blown with the yeah. the how dark politics are we yes. know we know politics is a dirty game i knew politics was a dirty yes. game but i really yes. thought because i i i didn't have any scandals i was safe yes um i ha because i have wanted to get into politics since yes. um since Walter Mondale picked Geraldine Ferraro to be his vice president in 1984, I have lived a very yeah. careful life because I did not yes. ever want a scandal. Um, I, yes. I, I, I lived a very careful life. I've missed out on a lot of fun. Um, but I did it with a purpose and a belief that it was something that was bigger than me. And so yes. when, when scandal after scandal and these horrible accusations just started popping up, I, I, I didn't know how to manage it. And it, yeah. it was, it, I think it is important for people to remember that politicians falsely accuse other politicians of things yes. they know aren't happening just to draw attention and just to create drama against each other. And I have never seen it as bad as I saw it in 2000, from 2018, 2019 with this, this QAnon chaos. Um, these yes. false accusations about everything under the sun and the way they have managed to trick people with these videos with, uh, yes. Oh, no, shaman. We've lost your voice again, darling. Um, one of the things that's most important to me for people who have been watching the QAnon videos is to make sure that they know as you watch them, it is important to pay attention to the fact that there are um, layered subliminal messages. There's flashing lights, there's words. And anytime you catch one, for the one you catch, there are a hundred you missed. And it is important for you to pay attention to the moment that you feel rage. Those they're, they're layered into these videos with the specific purpose of creating a, a synapse within your brain that causes you to become angry and enraged. And they have done this on purpose. The, the storyline that they have created from um, the, the devil worshiping and going after the pedophiles. I fully support going after the pedophiles. I wrote a yes. book about giving the death penalty to pedophiles. I fully support yes. 
it in an appropriate legal manner, right? We need to revoke the statute of limitations on all sex-related crimes, and we need to stop victim yes. blaming and victim yes. shaming. And yes. we need to start believing yes. people as they come forward. And now, we have to do an investigation on every claim, not just pick and choose which rape accusations we're going to investigate. And we absolutely, absolutely. have to prosecute the false accusers. Anybody who is running around false accusing anyone of rape. It's I know not that. okay. I, well, and, and I have found myself uh, in a very strange way landing on the guy's side of me, too, because I have had somebody falsely accuse me of rape. I have had somebody yes. falsely accuse me of coordinating things for the benefit of somebody else. I, I have been yes. in this. I, I never in a million years thought that I would personally experience this. But I, one of the things yes. I wrote about in my book was the importance of prosecuting the false accusers. And that is what I am Definitely. here for point in time. No one should be allowed to walk around and just accuse somebody else of being a pedophile or being a rapist Absolutely. without being able to back it up. You know, the, the, the idea Definitely. that they, they, they that we, what the, oh my goodness, what they did to poor Chrissy Teigen. Yes. What they that yes. when when they unleashed that craziness on her, nobody knew she was pregnant, and the stress when she miscarried, it just broke my heart. There, they, yeah. And one of the things that I realized very quickly on about the accusations that were coming from QAnon, while while these parties are being yes. thrown by the elites, and everybody who is wealthy and elite is participating in them, they were only outing Democrats. That was my first cue that. This was a political oh. ploy made specifically by Republicans to ruin the reputation of Democrats and try to ruin the election against Democrats. This was all I a see. very vicious game. And I I know that there is inappropriate behavior going on at um some parties, for sure, Super Bowl parties. I'd love to have a conversation yes. about Super Bowl parties, especially the ones in oh, Minneapolis. Yes. I'm paying attention to this Chauvin trial for a very different reason than most yes. people are. Yes. My campaign yeah. took a significant detour through the Minneapolis Police Department where I brought yes. them a victim and tried to address the issue with them. Um, I ended up the matter, the subject matter of an investigation. I ended up the subject of a FISA warrant. I have never been able to get confirmation that the investigation against me has been closed. And when the police oh. department in Minneapolis burned down last year, I took notice, right? I, as, a, as a spiritual person, as somebody yes. who manages to know things they don't have any reason to yes. be able to know somebody who has made more than one person nervous about it when all yes. of this happened to me i i as a christian i fully believed that if god brought me to it god will bring me through it i know my trials yes. will be my testimony i believe god yes. will put you through hell just to give you a story to tell and i have a yeah. really good one and whatever took place with me in minneapolis changed my life altered yes. my relationship with my kids um yeah i i want justice for so many reasons right 
I I am looking forward to seeing the changes that are going to come through this new Citizens Council that is taking over investigations from that police department. I look forward Ah. to changes coming in the future. I I am anxiously watching to see how this trial goes down and what happens because I believe that this is the key to opening up a really big can of worms. Okay. I have a a very unique story. Yes, 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 absolutely. Um, In being on the outside, i.e. in Australia, looking on at some of the QAnon information and stuff, it seems to me um, and many other people that I talk to that QAnon has has seemingly infiltrated what what would have been seen as an extreme uh, outside group. It seems to have really infiltrated mainstream uh, lives, conversations and media. That's a bit frightening, isn't it? It's through these videos. It's through these videos layered with subliminal messages, right, layered with flashing lights. They're designed Mm. to make people, they're designed to be, uh, to to hypnotize you and to draw you in. Yes. I, I can't tell you how many times I've watched people watch these show, these videos and I've watched their face yes. glaze over, right? They get sucked yes. so far in, they can't come out and they believe everything mm-hmm. that they see. And it, critical thinking is so important, right? The, for me, to, for me, yes. the reality to put together that they were only exposing Democrats was like, yeah, okay, all right, yeah. Uh, all the people are yeah. going to these big fancy parties, but we're only going to out the Democrats. Got it. Um, it yeah. is critical thinking. You, you have to be willing to ask questions and, and you have to be willing to yes. ask yourself questions and you have to really be, be willing to, to question whether or not somebody is deliberately trying to deceive you. And Tom Hanks, come on. Yes. Tom Hanks. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. And and, and so many celebrities got caught up in this, right? And I, yeah. I this was nasty. This was vicious. And, and that's that critical thinking, isn't it, Shaman? That's that critical thinking that people um, you need to be able to stand back and critically analyze the information that you're getting. Is this real? Is this right? Is this reasonable? And if it's not, then start to question, like, how, how could that be true? So if you go back to the start of the, the pandemic when people like saying, oh, this is a hoax, well, have a look back. Have a look at the numbers of people, even if you disregard half of those numbers. It's still a big issue. It cannot be a hoax. You can't you, you can't uh, call something a hoax if it involves the entire world and the entire world's population and the entire world's governments because there's no way you would get all of those governments to agree that this is the hoax that they're going to perpetuate to humanity. That's just not possible. So if you if you were thinking, oh, this is a hoax, and you use critical thinking and went, oh, okay, so Russia's even dealing with this, um, Africa's dealing with this, Europe's dealing with this, UK, Australia, America, they can't agree enough 
there's no way those governments or those peoples would all agree and present a hoax of that level. So that's critical thinking, isn't it, Charlotte? It is. And and that actually came in handy here in the United States. There was the, the yeah. there was 5G chaos that the virus was yes. caused by 5G. Yeah. But, you know, fortunately, yeah. people in Africa were willing to say, hey, we don't have 5G and we still have the virus. So, right, we, we, we need to be having Critical these thinking. right? Everybody's having them. And it was so disappointing for me to watch Trump um, Tell people that this wasn't real. It was, it was a hoax. It was made up. It was more QAnon chaos lies just to deceive people, just to trick people, just to divide people, just to get people angry. When the Woodward tapes came out and it was proved when, Mm. when when I heard it out of his own mouth in February, how dangerous this virus was. And he didn't do anything to even protect his own people. I know. Why? I know. I know. Why? Shannon, do you think that? Do you think that it that America is over Trump? Do you think that? No. Like, because I think that he's a huge threat. It, yes. It, it seems to me that that people that do not have critical thinking, they just follow Trump re- almost religiously, like a like a cult. And from, again, from the outside looking in, it's very cult-like. And mm-hmm. I, my concern is that there are still large numbers of Americans blindly following what he says and what he does. Is well, that because, still the case, do you think? Well, it be, somehow he has managed to grab the QAnon, right? He's got people yes. who believe, who are brainwashed through these videos, and they believe... Yes. He- the savior come to protect the children. Now, yeah. this man has over 26 verified accusers of yes. sexual assault. He does. This man yes. brags about looking at young girls at his his um pageant. Yes. This man yes. brags about um, how attractive he was to attracted he was to his daughter and how much he wished he would date her. Yes. And and I feel for yes. Ivanka. My dad thought I was hot too. I think this is the most repulsive example of a man on the planet. Yes. And it disappoints you. me that so many people, men and women, see him as yes. a hero. They have fallen for yes. this this misbelief that he's going to save the children. He don't care about anybody's children. He don't care about any children. He, he doesn't. Friends with he Jeffrey doesn't. Epstein. He, he yes. wish Maxwell good luck. It, this is this is not a hero. That's what I mean. That's, this is that's not that critical thinking that we're missing. This if, isn't if somebody, a man wishes. This isn't somebody you would ask to watch your children. No, this isn't no somebody way. that you would. No way. This isn't somebody that you want hanging around your teenage daughter, right? One of the things that's come no. out here in the United States in the last six months is that if you really care about stopping pedophiles and you really care about stopping sexual predators, stop telling your daughter she's got to change her shorts because a weird uncle's coming over, and stop letting the weird uncle come around, right? Come on, the, yes. the idea that we have to, you know, as women. 
everything we do is prescribed for our protection. We can't dress a certain way. We can't wear makeup a certain way. We have to wear a bra, but don't let your bra strap show because men won't be able to control themselves. We we have to work on this dynamic. This idea that, that, that girls can't learn in school the same way boys can because girls are a distraction to boys. Boys need to learn how to focus. Right. It is it exactly is, it is that we have our whole society is built around shaming women for existing yes. and allowing men yes. and boys to get away with behavior that would never be that tolerated from a girl. When when I wrote my book, I I popped off at the mouth a lot, right? It was a reality <laughs> show. I wanted to get attention, but I, I behaved yes. in a way in writing that I would never behave in public because a woman yes. would never be allowed to act like that, yeah. right? Trump right. behaves in a way that obnoxious. <laughs> No woman could ever even try. Women are accused of being hysterical and and irrational all the time. And every woman I know is sitting back watching Trump. Gone. Yeah. Now, some now, we know, now we know what irrational looks like. We've been taught to mm-hmm. manage our moods, control our mouth, know our audience our whole life. And here we have this individual who just... Pff, can get away with anything because he's got money and, and men think he's fabulous because mm-hmm. he, he's doing everything they want to do and can't get away with. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Shaman, we're down to the last minute of the show. Um, we've just gone so quickly. Thank you so much. I, I want to know. I want to know what Shaman, what you have planned for the future. What does the future hold for you? Well, right now the, uh, my focus is um, book sales and building a platform yes. and trying to figure out how to get my my message out and and share some love yes. along the way. I've been incredibly fortunate. I've been asked to be a regular on a very fun podcast. Yeah. I suggest all your friends go check out Kermit and Friends. It is a, yes. an absolutely adorable show. Uh, the, yes. the young lady who has started the podcast started the podcast off of her love of her dog who died and is. Yes. Heaven with God. It is the, I am here for the love of Kermit the dog. It is the greatest thing um, ever. Um, I don't know if you remember Andy Dick or if you know who Andy Dick is. He's yes. a famous comedian here in the United States. He got ordained yes. to be a minister on the show and he is now <laughs> Reverend Dick. Uh, I, so I am here for the love of Kermit the dog, blessing from Reverend Dick, and I'm trying to manifest Betty White as the fairy godmother. If you don't know how Betty White fits into the story, you absolutely well, that would be fantastic. Fantastic. I know, oh. I know, I love her so much. She was um, one know, of the greatest experiences in my childhood. I got very fortunate to cross paths with her, and she yeah. such a. It, it was a really difficult time in my life, and she was yes. so nice and kind to me. And she has just been my yes. my my my. Fairy godmother. Kind. Yes, she's my fairy godmother. I am obviously a lost Disney princess. Look at this hair. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on Radio Tony today. It's a real privilege to be able to interview you live on air. I wish you amazing success. Don't forget, listeners, you can jump on and grab um, Shaman's book. If The links will be on RadioTony.com. Uh, the links will also be on BBS Radio. 
uh, forward slash radiotony.com. Don't forget to reach out, connect with Shaman. She's just an amazing, amazing woman. I wish you all the best. Thank you so much, Shaman. Thanks, listeners, for coming and listening to us today. This is Radio Tony, your show, Everyday Business. Uh, Bye for now and thank you, Shaman. Bye. Thank you.